You know, over the last three weeks, we've been exploring some incredible stories of faith. So far, we looked at Noah. That was in the first week. And then I spoke about Abraham. And last week, Pastor Jerry continued this series as we talked about Jacob. But today, we're going to look at a young guy from Genesis who had an overcoming faith. He had a faith that helped him to overcome some incredible obstacles. A guy named Joseph. This is the truth. Think about it. The truth is that we, we love a comeback story, don't we? we? We love the comeback story. We love comeback story type movies like, you know, if you're a Rocky fan, it's always that comeback. That's just something about it that builds you up. We love comeback stories. We love it when the underdog comes back and, and overcomes some incredible obstacles. If you think about it in our society, we've had some really good examples of comeback stories. Well, for me, a recent one is uh, the Florida State Seminoles quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, he was the former UCF quarterback who 34 months, think about it, almost three years removed from football because of a catastrophic injury that nearly forced the amputation of his right leg, came off the bench and played as if he had missed no time at all. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. It was one of the best comeback stories as of recent. I mean, really, the announcers... People were just cheering with him when this happened. The whole nation was cheering, if you like football. The whole nation was cheering for him and for the Seminoles, even if you don't like the Seminoles. I'm a UCF fan, so I don't. But I cheered with them, at least for Mackenzie Milton. Why? Because we love an overcoming story. Well, the original overcomer was this guy named Joseph that we're going to talk about today. We find Joseph's story at the very end of Genesis. In fact, his story takes uh, up the last 14 chapters of Genesis. Now, we won't, we won't spend that, that time, or we'd be here until Pastor Jerry gets back from the Dolphins game. We won't spend all that time. Uh, we don't have time to cover everything that happened. So I'm just going to say, as Pastor Jerry says all the time, we should read our Bibles. There's some amazing stories in the Bible like this story of Joseph. We're just going to touch and focus on one little part of his story. We're going to focus on what I would say is the lowest point of his life, when Joseph is facing one of the biggest obstacles that he ever faced. And this is when he was stuck in prison. You see, Joseph, he came from a big family. He was the 11th of 12 sons, but there was some major family dysfunction that was going on. If you were here or if you watched online and you, we learned about Jacob, his father, last week, there's some major family dysfunction. Jacob had some issues and it kind of got passed on. His older brothers really despised him because he was his father's favorite. His father, even at one point, Jacob, made an expensive multicolored coat that he didn't make for any of the other sons. So this just fueled the fire that they had of not liking their brother. So they hated Joseph even more because of that. One day, Joseph's father, Jacob, he sent Joseph out into the fields to help his brother. And the brothers had had enough because they, they were already tired of this guy. So they plotted and they grabbed him. They beat him up. And they were going to kill him, but one, one brother kind of interceded. They were going to kill him, but they decided instead just, they're just, they'd sell him into slavery. So they sold, him into, to, they sold him to some slave traders who then took him to Egypt where he became a slave. They went back and basically told their father that their brother was killed, he was torn apart, and no one was going to go and look for him. 
But then it even gets worse from there. So you, that's why we should read the Bible. This is, these are amazing stories. He's in, he's in Egypt, and now he's a slave. He, if you know the story, he is um, kind of he's working for a guy named Potiphar, and then he's accused of a crime that he didn't commit. So he's thrown into prison, and basically Joseph is just left to rot, completely forgotten about for years. And this is where we're going to pick up Joseph's story today, where he's in prison, and as I, as I was saying, I believe the lowest point of his life. Because no one is thinking about him. And at this point, you would think that if, after all that's going on, you would think that his faith would be shaken. Really? I mean, think. All that he's going through, you'd think that, you know, whatever. But Joseph's story, I believe, is for, for all of us, is a reminder that God is with us even during the most difficult times in our lives. It's during those times that God will give us a stronger faith so that we can get through whatever those obstacles may be. Well, look at why Joseph could have such strong faith even in prison. Genesis 39:21. these are on your outline, also on the side screens. And if you're following on online, they'll be there as well. Genesis 39:21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. I love that. That God was with Joseph while he was in the prison and showed him his faithful love. So there's some of you who are here right now, or maybe you're watching online, and you feel a lot like Joseph. You feel like you're trapped in a prison, and you don't know how you're going to get out. Maybe you don't see any way out. Maybe you're, you're facing what feels like overwhelming challenges, and you feel maybe also that everyone has forgotten about you. No one is thinking about you, and you're discouraged. And maybe you feel like you're close to, to quitting. You just want to give up. You're ready just to throw in the towel. And you're not sure right now if your faith is strong enough to get you through. Maybe it's someone that you trusted. Maybe they betrayed you. Maybe they stabbed you in the back, just like Joseph's brothers did to him and betrayed him. Or maybe somebody lied about you, like they lied about Joseph. And it hurt your reputation or it put you in a tough spot. Or maybe you're facing a financial crisis or a marriage crisis or some kind of relational crisis or a career that's crumbling or maybe it's a health problem for you. But right now it feels like you're, you're drowning. Right now you're in prison. Maybe that's where you feel that you're at today. It could be a prison of addiction. Maybe it's the prison of debt or of depression or of desperation or after the crazy last couple of years, maybe it's isolation, maybe it's loneliness. This is one of the reasons I believe that the story of Joseph is in the Bible. It's to teach us that no matter how tough life seems to get, no matter what hell you may feel like you are walking through right now, God is there. He's with you and he's faithful. He's with you in your prison. And when you put your faith in him, when we put our faith in him, he's going to make us stronger. And I promise he will help you overcome. So as we begin today, I want to be very careful in, in how I say this. Because an overcoming faith, or to overcome, it doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to turn out the way that you want it to. It doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to go back to the way it was. And as we'll see in a moment, God did work out everything for Joseph. Um, I mean, 
Everything worked out great in the end, but not every story ends that way. Not every story ends well. We know that, don't we? I mean, the Bible is an honest book, and not every story in the Bible has a happy ending. didn't work out perfectly for Saul. We know how it ended for Samson. It wasn't ideal for King David. It didn't work out perfectly for Peter or for John, who was, he was put on an island all by himself. didn't work out great in the end perfectly for Paul. Listen, that might be your story, too. See, having a stronger faith that overcomes doesn't mean that you're going to get exactly what you want all the time or that you won't have problems or that your life is going to be easy. See, stronger faith is less about getting rid of life's problems and it's more about how, how God wants us to respond to those problems and, and what he wants to teach us and how he wants to use these things to grow us through them. Joseph's story, it's going to end where he's at the top, as you're going to see in a moment. But let's not forget that a lot of the story that we're talking about today, he was in prison. And there's a lot of his life that was not fun at all. But it's a faith that we develop in the prisons of life that are going to make us and shape us into the men and women that God desires us to be. It's in those times that God's going to make it, make it possible for us to get to the top. And so today, no matter what prison you feel like you may be facing right now, God wants to use the challenges in your life to help you have an overcoming faith, to help you to be like him. So today I want to share with you how God will use life's challenges to strengthen your faith if you do the things that I'm going to be talking about. But I want to be clear, challenges in life don't necessarily strengthen our faith because we can turn to a whole lot of other things when we have challenges in life. But challenges in life will strengthen our faith if we do the things that we're going to talk about today. I mean, you can choose to do your own thing, and it's not going to strengthen your faith one single bit. But if you'll choose to do these things that we talk about, I promise you it will strengthen your faith. Your faith. So here's the first one. Challenges strengthen my faith in God if I turn to God during my challenges. Seems pretty simple, but sometimes it's not always the thing that we do. Challenges will strengthen my faith in God if I turn to God during my challenges. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Now keep in mind, in our story, Joseph is in the middle of probably the greatest challenge of his life. He's been thrown into a prison unfairly. At this point, nobody really knows that he's there. I mean, it's really bad. Look at Genesis 39:20. It says, so he, that, that is Potiphar, um, that is talking about there, Potiphar. So he took Joseph, threw him, in, threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Now this wasn't some cushy, minimum security type prison. This was one of the worst places imaginable. I mean, Joseph was probably locked away in Egypt's highest security. This was the, the king's prison. This was known as a place of confinement. If you were sent to this, this was Egypt's most wanted were there. And if you were sent to this prison, it was known that you were not coming out. You go there and you're pretty much just left to die. Or you were left to die and they used you for slave labor. They were thrown into prison and they were forgotten. You know, and sometimes, doesn't it feel like life seems that way? I mean, it can feel like 
we're going through a hell. It's, it's not comfortable. It's not easy. And the way through whatever we're going through is not readily apparent. And there's no promise of when the struggle might end. kind of feels like a little bit of the last couple of years. There's no timeline, but somehow in this prison, Joseph's faith grew stronger because even when things didn't go his way, and as we see, a lot of his life didn't go his way, he turned to God instead of turning away from God. He just turned to God instead of away. So I'm going to ask you this question. If you're watching online or if you're here with us, when you face a challenge, do you turn to God with that challenge or do you look for strength in another person or in another thing? Or have you been trying to get through your challenges all on your own strength? Which I would then ask, how's that working for you? God is bigger than any problem that you will face, bigger than any problem that I will ever face. And if we'll put our faith and our trust in him and lean into him in the midst of our problem, he will promise to help us to overcome whatever that is. In fact, that's our stronger faith lesson of this week. My faith grows stronger when I turn to God during my problems. You can fill that in if you're taking notes. My faith grows stronger when I turn to God during my problems. So don't miss this. Because as I said, problems don't always strengthen your faith. They only strengthen our faith if we turn to God during the problem that we have. If we will rely on his strength to bring us through whatever we're going through. So first thing is I turn to God in the face of my challenge. The next one is this. And this one may surprise you a little bit. Challenges strengthen my faith in God if I serve others when I feel stuck. Sort of counterintuitive, isn't it? I serve others when I feel stuck. So let's go back to our story. So Joseph is in prison. Right? He's been betrayed by his brothers. He's sold into slavery, thrown into prison for a crime that he didn't commit, and he's now stuck. Now, what do you do in life when you feel stuck like Joseph does? Maybe it's stuck in a dead-end job. Maybe it's stuck in a financial crisis that's killing you. Maybe it's stuck in a marriage that you're not sure how to make it better. Maybe it's, you're stuck in an unhealthy body. Stuck in a stagnant relationship with God that no matter what you do, you just can't seem to get it unstuck. I want you to think about Joseph. It would have been easy for Joseph to take all of the problems that he was having and make it all about him. You know, he could have had a prison pity party and just be, oh, woe me, I'm here in prison. But he didn't. He, he didn't sulk. What, what Joseph then ends up doing is he serves he didn't hide, he helped. He didn't pout, but he persevered while he was there. So Pharaoh, who was the king of Egypt at the time, he must have been a pretty tough guy because now what does he do? He takes his cupbearer and his baker and he tosses them into prison, these guys that were serving him. He gets mad at them, throws them into prison, and while they are there, they both have dreams that they don't understand what these dreams mean. So I want you to look at this next passage. This is Genesis chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. It says, When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that both guys, or both looked upset. So hold there for just a moment. On that, on that first line, circle the word noticed. 
Because did you see that? Joseph is in prison. His life stinks. He's stuck. But he wasn't just focused on his own life. He noticed some needs of those around him. How do you do that? Well, when you're stuck in your prison, when life really stinks and it's, and it's hard, and what do we do? We pay attention to what's going on around us. Do you do that? Or do you focus so much inwardly that you don't notice the needs of others that are around you? That wasn't Joseph. And then it continues. It says, Joseph says to them, why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one could tell us what they mean. Well, interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. You see, instead of just wallowing in his self-pity, which he could have done, could have just ignored everybody else, Joseph looked around in his miserable conditions and he said, how can I make this better? How can I help others? How can I bless them? And he paid attention to the needs of those that were around him and he served those people. But here's the thing. If we only focus on ourselves and our problems, we just might miss God's opportunity to get out of the prison that we're in. You might miss the opportunity that God has given you to get out of that problem because it may just be in serving others that God provides the way out and how he sets you free. And we see it was precisely because Joseph chose to serve that he was brought out of his prison. See, if, if he would have been self-centered, if he, he would have ended up totally missing his chance. For some of you, maybe this is the lesson of faith that God is wanting to teach you right now. That when you're stuck in the middle of your problem, that's the time for service. It's not the time for self-centeredness. That's the time to cancel your pity party and to love and to serve those that God has put around you in your life. So that when you do that, God is going to bless you. He's going to refresh you. This is what it says in Proverbs 11:25. Those who refresh others will they will themselves be refreshed. I love that. Those that are looking around and they refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. So it's an important lesson of faith for many of us. So whatever it is, take your eyes off of your problem and focus on others and God will give you the strength to get through. You know, sometimes when you focus on other people too, you see what they're going through and it kind of, then you look at what you're going through and you're like, man, that's not so bad. And it gives you a different perspective on what's going on. So take your eyes off of yourself and look at <clears throat> what's going on around you. So I turn to God in my challenges. I serve others when, when I get stuck. And here's a third one, if you want to write this in, is I don't become bitter when people disappoint me. Mm, that's a big one. I don't become bitter when people disappoint me. So, you know, Joseph, here we have his story. He interpreted the dreams of his fellow prisoners. Now, the dream of the, the baker didn't end so well for that guy. Got to read that. I'm not going to tell you what happens to him. But you can read about his story. But he really helps the cupbearer of Pharaoh. In return, Joseph only asked this guy for like just one small favor. Look at Genesis 40, 14 and 15. It says this. And he's talking to the cupbearer. He says, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh 
so he might let me out of this place, for I was kidnapped from my household, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in this prison, but I, I did nothing to deserve it. So Joseph says, hey, listen, I helped you out. I'm completely innocent. So when you see the, thing, the king, is it too much for you to just ask him, can you get me out of this place? Because I'm innocent. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot to ask, does it? I mean, he's helping the cupbearer out. I mean, uh, things are going to go good for him. They owed him. But I want you to look at, look at what happens instead to Joseph. I mean, this is, this is the story of his life. Genesis 40:23. Pharaoh's cup, chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. It's like, come on, really? This is crazy. That's a tough spot that now he's put back in. The person Joseph helped forgot him. The cupbearer went back to life as usual and forgot all about Joseph who, who helped him. And Joseph was left just disappointed and sitting in this prison. And at that point, it would have been very easy for Joseph to say, you know, that's it. That's it. Because if this was me, I'm glad that I wasn't this part in this part of the story because I think for me, I would have been like, that's it. You know, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I've been through all this stuff and I, and I keep on doing these things and it's just not working out. And he could have, I mean, it could have been the last straw for him. It would have been easy for him to become bitter and angry because he felt used. But Joseph didn't become angry. He didn't become bitter. He didn't give up. And I think that's important for us to see. It's an important lesson of faith that when we are facing a significant challenge, because look, as you maybe are in the, in the prison, as I was saying, and as you're battling to get out of your prison, there are going to be times when the people who, who you rely on, the people that you trust, the people that you have even helped, that they disappoint you. They let you down. Not only that, sometimes they even use you. Sometimes that person that, you're, that you are relying on makes your problem even worse. And it's not fair. And I'm not saying it's fair or that it's good, but the, the question remains, when that happens, and I say when because this is going to be different times throughout your life. You may not be in a prison now. You may not feel like you're stuck or have this obstacle now, but there's probably a time in the future where there will be some kind of obstacle and when that happens, and somebody lets you down, will you hold on to that bitterness? Will you hold on to that unforgiveness? Will you give up and then just stay in that prison? Because we see that all the time, don't we? We see that happen. Will that be you, or will you forgive them and keep your eyes on God and keep moving forward with your faith? Will you let go of the bitterness and keep moving forward? As I said, we see this. We see this happen. You know, a person is betrayed. They're let down. They're disappointed by someone that they trusted. And instead of moving forward in their faith, anger, resentment, bitterness takes over and they end up slumping back into their, into their prison. Maybe you've seen that in somebody's life. You know, there's this somebody who now they're like so isolated or whatever because they become a bitter angry person who's kind of just stuck in their own miserable prison and they, they can't get out because they made a decision at some point in their life to not be a person who would overcome. And they just slumped back in that prison. That's where they got stuck. And now they have resentment and bitterness 
and they can't seem to find their way out. And they lose faith to overcome. Look, you can't let the sins of others keep you from God's best in your life. Because people are going to sin against you. It's going to happen. We live in a fallen world and people are going to sin against you. People that you put your uh, trust in to do certain things. They're going to let you down. They're going to sin against you. But we can't let the sins of others make us bitter. Because as long as we're looking back at our past hurts, and some of us probably have a, a full load of past hurts that are back there, but as long as we're looking back there, we're going to miss the opportunities that God is putting right in front of us. You know, and it could be for that person that was in that prison, if they would have been looking ahead, their freedom, their overcoming step could have been the next step. But they were so busy, stuck, they never got to it and they completely, they completely missed it. And they missed the opportunities that God is putting right in front of them. So let me repeat this. As long as you're looking back with resentment and bitterness at your past hurts, you're going to miss the opportunities that God is putting right in front of you. So don't become bitter. We've got to avoid bitterness at all costs because it will cost you in many different ways. All right, so here's the fourth way challenges can strengthen my faith in God. They strengthen my faith in God if I trust God is with me even when I feel forgotten. I trust God is with me even when I feel forgotten. So here's Joseph. He's rotting away in prison. He's stuck. No one is thinking about him. I mean, really, it seems like he's, he is completely forgotten. Honestly, it seems this may be the end of the line for Joseph. I mean, a lot of things have happened to him in his whole entire life journey that we read about. But at this point, it's like, okay, that's the last straw. I'm just here. I'm stuck in prison. Nobody's thinking about me. My family thinks I'm dead. My friends have turned their back on me. No one is on his side. They're not thinking about him at all. He's all alone. Or is he? I'm going to go back to the first verse that we looked at from Genesis. And this is Genesis 39:21. This is in the point of the story where this verse comes in. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Again, the Lord was with Joseph while he was in the prison and showed him his faithful love. So where is God when you feel overwhelmed and when you feel forgotten? The answer, he's right there with you. He's never going to leave you. That's what the Bible promises. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's always with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Even if your life feels like hell. He's there with you. It was true in Joseph's life. And listen, it's going to be true in your life too. No matter what obstacles, no matter what you may face in this, in this life, if you're a follower of Jesus, he is with you. And I would say, not only with you, he goes before you. He's there with you. And by the way, when you look at Joseph's life, this is a thread throughout his whole entire life. God was with Joseph when his brothers threw him into a pit. God was with Joseph when his brothers sold him into slavery. God was with Joseph when he was a slave in the household of Egypt under Potiphar. God was with Joseph when he was thrown into the prison. And God was with Joseph when the cupbearer forgot all about him. There was never a point in his life, as hard as it got, 
when God was not there with him. Joseph had God with him when everybody else had forgotten about him. God was still there. And Joseph may have felt forgotten, but he wasn't forgotten. It may have hurt. He may have even been scared at this point. But God was always there. And Joseph somehow trusted that God was always in control, no matter what was going on in his life, even in his darkest times. So let me ask, what about you? Do you trust that God is there with you, even when nobody else is, like you feel all alone? Do you still trust that God is with you? When you feel forgotten, do you feel like God has abandoned you? Do you think that God maybe doesn't even love you? I mean, it it can be easy to feel those things. Or do you believe that he's there and you trust that he's never going to leave your side? That even though it's a bad place, I'm in a bad place, that he's there and he's going to walk this journey with me. So if you're here today or, again, if you're watching online and right now you feel alone, you feel forgotten, like, like you have to face all these obstacles, all these challenges that are in front of you all by yourself, I want you to know that you are not alone. God is with you. Again, he's right beside you. He's never going to leave you. He will go before you. He's going to walk this journey with you, even when you can't see it. God is working for you. And remember, part of faith is trusting in what we know is real, even when we can't see it. That's part of what faith is, trusting when we can't see it. That's actually the biblical definition of faith. If you look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. That's what faith is. It's the, things, it's the reality of what we hope for and the evidence of the things that we cannot see. See, as your faith gets stronger, you can trust that God is there even when you can't see it. Even when others have left you, challenges will strengthen my faith in God if I turn to God, if I serve others, if I then refuse to become bitter, if I trust that God is with me as Joseph did, and then finally is this one, if I keep an eternal perspective when I feel like giving up, if I keep an eternal perspective when I feel like giving up. So it had been two years, and I I bet those two years felt like an eternity for Joseph. It had been two years since the cupbearer forgot all about him as he was left in prison. So I want you to think about this, really, though. This whole ordeal that we're looking at is we're looking at the two years. Okay, so the cupbearer's within, the cupbearer's out. We're looking at two years, but this whole ordeal isn't just two years. You realize that. This has been decades for Joseph. You know, where he's sold into slavery. He serves as a slave. He's thrown into prison. And finally, it's like, okay, I see the way out. I'm going to get out of this place. And then he's forgotten about. This whole, this whole two years after the cupbearer left prison, it's, this whole time he's... In the prison, this is, okay, so the cupbearer has left, and now I've been two years in this prison, forgotten all about. I mean, think about, think about this. 
two years. So it's a whole long time of other stuff. But then this just two years, people have given up on God for a lot less in a lot shorter time when something didn't work out for them. You know, it's like, okay, it's been a week, God. All right, I give up. You know, my hell has been lasting for a month. I'm, I'm going to give up. But not Joseph. A few years later, again, you should, should read this story. I would challenge you, encourage you to go back and read this because it's really good. A few years later, Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt, well, guess what happens? He also has a dream that no one else can interpret. And suddenly, the cupbearer's like, oh, yeah, there was this guy. And I wonder what the cupbearer was thinking at the point. I bet inside, I wonder if he was like sweating a little bit like, oh, yeah. There's a guy that I said I was going to talk to Pharaoh about, like this was two years ago, and I wonder if he's even there. But anyway, so the cupbearer who's serving the Pharaoh, who hasn't thought about Joseph in two years, or maybe, you know, now he's freaked out, but he remembers Joseph, and he tells the Pharaoh, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, there was this guy when I was in prison. He interpreted my dream for me, and he was right. Maybe he can do the same for you. Well, no one else had been able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. So he's like, well, bring him to me. So they get Joseph. You know, he's been in the prison. Who knows what he looked like? He probably tried to be a clean, but, you know, he's probably smelly and all that. So they clean him up, get him dressed. They kind of usher him into the to Pharaoh's presence. And Joseph ends up interpreting the Pharaoh's dream, which, by the way, ends up saving Egypt from seven years of a drought. Pretty crazy. Pharaoh looks at Joseph and says, you know what? I like this guy. Well, of course you like this guy. He interpreted your dream and good things are going to happen. But, he, but what he sees is a little something different. He's like, this guy has a relationship with God. Because remember, like the Egyptians, they believed in all these gods. So they, they probably thought, oh, like he's religious. This guy believes he has a relationship with God. I need to get someone like this guy working for me. This is what happens. So, okay, two years after the cupbearer leaves, this is what happens. Genesis 41, 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. What? That's amazing. Talk about a comeback story. Amazing. Where he felt completely lost and gone. And just think about this comeback for a moment. Think about Joseph. Again, 11th of 12 sons. So he had no power or authority in his family. His older brothers really despised him. Then he's sold into slavery. Then he's thrown into prison. Then he's forgotten about. And in this moment, he's pulled up. And just like that, he becomes the, most, the second most powerful person in all of Egypt. That, wow. Hello. We should be like, yes, this, God is awesome. This is crazy. And why is that? I mean, if Joseph, he could have given up and he would have missed all of this. But because Joseph had an eternal perspective, he didn't give up. He didn't lose faith. He believed that God was always working behind the scenes. It wasn't easy and it wasn't fast. It wasn't fast. In fact, Joseph's story, it appeared to stall out many times along the way. And just a side note, I want you to think about this, because especially when I work with young people, and, but we say this also as adults, is the fact that so many times it's like, I, I hear young people too say, you know, I did all the right things. 
I did all the things that I was supposed to do, and this is how it turned out. It still turned out bad. It still turned out, you know, this didn't work out, or this still happened to me. I did all the things I was supposed to do. I, you know, I treated this person like this, or I did the things that God would want me to do, and this is how it turned out. Well, that's exactly what we see for Joseph, because Joseph, all along the way, he always did the right thing. But it didn't always work out good for him. But he continued in his faith. And we can do the same thing. We can always do the right thing, but it doesn't mean in this life that always the right thing will in return happen to us. But we have to still trust God is faithful in the midst and in those times when the right thing doesn't come in return. And we don't stop doing the right things. We continue to do the right things. Because why for Joseph? Because he never took his eyes off of God. And because of that, God gave Joseph a stronger faith that got him through. And that's what I would say for us. When we continue to do the right thing, when we continue to do the right thing, and bad things still happen when we continue to do the right thing, we have to continue to focus on God and keep our eyes on Him. And God will also give us a stronger faith to get us through. There's some of you here today, or you're watching online, that I would say you are, maybe you're waiting for your miracle. You're waiting for your comeback, whatever your comeback is. You're waiting for God to give you that miracle. Or you're waiting for God to rescue you from this prison that you've been in where you feel stuck. And maybe ultimately you're at the place, you're at the point today where you just feel like, I'm done, I want to give up. I've been trying, but I'm ready to give up. What I would encourage you today, I think from this message, and I feel... God would have me share with you and that and what I would say to you is don't give up. Don't give up. Joseph could have given up. He had many reasons to give up. And what we learn from him is he didn't. He trusted God. And I would say to you, don't give up. Hang in there. Listen, don't give up on your marriage. Don't don't give up on your future. And most of all, don't give up on God. Because here's what we have to understand. Okay, listen. God's perspective, it's not days or months or even years. God's perspective is eternal. And if we would trust him and we don't give up, he's going to give us, he's going to strengthen our faith in his perfect timing. He's going to help us to overcome whatever problem that we're facing. Because remember, sometimes life is hard. And sometimes you can feel like you're trapped in your personal prison. I mean, think about with Joseph. This was perfect timing. Because when he interpreted this dream finally for the Pharaoh, it, it changed a whole bunch of things. I'm not going to get into all that. But you'll see just the one of the seven years of drought. He saved them from that. Because there was timing but maybe for you, sometimes you feel like you're just, you're walking through hell. That can happen at different times. But listen, God's most important reward isn't for this life. It's not for this life. When God rewards, it's not just for 10 years or 20 years. It's for eternity. It's an eternity of absolute joy in the presence of God with no more fear, no more pain, no more sorrow. No more COVID. Amen? Gone for good. It's just absolute joy. That's what happens when we put our faith in Jesus. 
Okay, so I want you to look at this next couple verses, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. I, I encourage the first service as well, and if you're watching online, is so in Kids Zone and Power Up in our kids program, one of the things we do, we encourage kids to memorize Bible verses. And so when we do memorize some Bible verses, I give them a chocolate bar for memorizing Bible verses. And so I can give you a challenge. If you want to memorize these verses and come to me, you can email me at rich at cinemachurch.com and you're like, I memorize these verses. I'll give you a chocolate bar. Because, or whatever you want, if you don't eat chocolate. Because I believe that these verses, if we will keep these verses before us, I think they're that important. If we will keep these verses in front of us, no matter what we face in life, we'll have a whole different perspective on life. Look at these verses, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. This is from the Apostle Paul, who, f- who faced a ton of obstacles in his life. He says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yes, while we're in them, they seem ginormous. But for our present troubles are small and won't, va- won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now, and those could be a lot. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. Amazing. See, what Paul is talking about is having an eternal perspective. Remember, a faith that overcomes doesn't mean that everything in this life will be perfect. This isn't heaven. This is earth. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go back to the way it was or that life is going to be easier or that you're not going to face any more problems in life. You probably will. But it does mean that God will see you through and that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And it means that God's plan for your life, and he, do, he does have a plan for your life, will be for your very best. No matter what that may look like while you're in it, it is for your very best. Not for, just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for all of eternity. So would you bow your heads with me right now, and let's just take a few moments to pray together. So if you would just... Again, bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are watching online, just take this time to also just communicate with God. I want to pray right now for those who are here, who maybe right now feel like they are in a prison like Joseph. They're facing this problem, this obstacle that hurts, and it seems just so much bigger than they can overcome. Maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe... It's a career issue. Maybe it's a health issue. I've seen so many prayer requests of health issues lately. Maybe that's where you are. I don't know what it is, but Father, you do. And you never left Joseph when he was in prison. And you never leave us. So God, right now, I ask, would you please help us? For going through that difficult time, help us to feel your peace, your presence, your power in our life right now. May we feel that, Lord, as we walk out these doors or when we go out of our home today. May we feel your peace and your presence. Help us to know that you are there and that you are working behind the scenes, even when we can't see it, that you are already in front of us. God, we trust you. So just in your heart, in your mind, would you just pray that? Would you say that to God? God, I trust you. God, I trust you to help me get through this prison that I'm in. And listen, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is the key 
to eternal life, to this reward, to this looking forward to heaven. The Bible says that you have to put your faith in Jesus. We don't have to be perfect. We have to put our trust in him, that we believe in Jesus and that he comes into our life and we begin a relationship with him right now. Then you get eternity forever with him in heaven. And if you've never made that decision, whether you're watching online or that you're here on this campus, you never made that decision and you need God right now in your life, would you just in your heart, in your mind, would you pray a simple prayer? It's, it's not these words that necessarily save you. It's, it's what's in your heart and in your mind and your desire. So just pray this. God, I need you. I need you to come into my life. I admit that I've sinned. I've done things wrong. And I need you to forgive me, please, of my sins. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again. And I'm choosing to follow you today. Now, I need your help right now. I need your strength. I need stronger faith. If you pray that prayer, he will come into your life. He'll secure you for eternity. Your eternity is secure forever. So, Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you for the faith of Joseph, for his example. Now, help us all to have a faith that overcomes. Help us to go out and live this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's now. I hope what you heard this morning will help you overcome whatever you may be facing this week. Remember to look for the good that God can work through you no matter what circumstances you have to go through. Enjoy your Sunday. See you guys.